have. Every single time, Morgan cannot resist counting herself in. But we're back again. Uh, we promise you that we will be doing a Heron Beauty pod. And high in hell water, we finally got here. So I'm going to have everybody introduce themselves. We are so happy to have them here. And I guess Morgan's here too. So I am. <laughs> so please, uh, I don't know who wants to start, but who, uh, can you introduce yourselves and tell everybody a little bit about uh, how you got to where you are? Okay, I'll start. <laughs> so hi guys, my name is Janor Lanay. I am a licensed esthetician. Um, I have a beauty studio in Atlanta and I do a couple of different things. So I kind of focus on like face and body stuff. I don't do hair and that type of stuff, but I focus more so on like body and face. So I do uh, make lash extensions. I also do microblading, which is a brow technique, a semi-permanent brow technique. Uh, I do injectionless lip fillers, and I also do non-surgical body sculpting. So I do some things that help to kind of, uh, you know, burn fat and just kind of sculpt the body and help women to feel confident about themselves. So, um, and then on the flip side of that, I also do training courses for all of the techniques that I offer. So that's like a whole other sector of my business. Uh, and then in addition to that, I have products and things that relate directly to all of the services that I provide. So I'm going to send you a lot of pictures of my face. And so you can tell me which oils and <laughs> lotions to use because I just discovered in the last few years I'm not supposed to use just the same lotion for everything and it was it was horrifying <laughs> for me and now I'm just confused when I go to the store so me and you are going to talk okay. <laughs> alright who's next I got you <laughs> <laughs> who's next uh, we're going to do it like school I'm going to go Anita's <laughs> next I was going to say, I'll go. Hi, um, my name is Anita. I am a cosmetology student, actually. I'm located in Portland, Oregon. Um, I graduate within the next month, so I'm very excited for that and um, hope to be licensed shortly after that. Uh, my focus is in tight curls and wearing our curls naturally. There is a ton of misinformation out there um, that plagues YouTube and Twitter and TikTok. Myself and my colleagues are working hard day and night to scrub some of that from our minds and kind of change the paradigm on when it comes to black hair care and tight curls. I, uh, yeah, I can't speak to that at all, but welcome. Hey, there's, there's a lot of misinformation on lock care too, to be fair. I, I have a couple colleagues yeah. that, um, are very adamant about the way they take care of locks and the information they share. So same, same thing there. Well, okay. If there's a race for who I love most right now, it's still Janor. Like, you're second though. <laughs> Morgan is dead last, so it's okay. I'm always last. Okay. <laughs> last but not least. Hi, I'm Shafara Carter. Um, I'm the owner of the Glam Rebel uh, beauty brand. I currently sell hair extensions and wigs. Um, I cater towards the, the ethnic um, side of things. Um, I'm based in Killeen, Texas for now. I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana, and I have a background in business management, logistics, and I specialize in helping businesses um, give good customer service to their customers and clients. So I'm going to step out of this conversation in a second, but I just want you to know that I can never tell when a woman is wearing a wig except for this one person in the conference call I was in the other day, and it was just like a gray line right here. And I was like, oh my God, somebody just tell her to tug it down just a little bit. 
Um, so y'all are out here putting in major work and I am always shocked when like, I never know. I'm truly astounded by it. I don't know how all of you women are able to just do the magic of putting it all under there and putting, so I, you know, whatever sorcery classes you went to, to learn that stuff, good on you. Morgan is coming to us from like curly, like. I have, yeah, big curly <laughs> hair, lots of it, lots of curls. And my and and my background for me is my mom is white and my dad is mixed, and so my poor white mother had no idea. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if you ever look at photos of me growing up, it literally is like my poor curls brushed out and um, blonde fro that was like this big in a triangle shape. It was really cool. Let me tell you, um, I rocked it hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How can I get my hand on those pictures? I think Mm-mm. we need to update the show uh, imagery. We call those throwbacks, and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> those throwbacks have died. Um, but the know, triangle you said looks throwback looks into an open mic, and this will live forever. So enjoy. <laughs> so, ladies, please educate me. How 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 did you guys get to where you are? Like, what led you into the industry? me I know I first started I have like a whole plethora of things that I do now but like the very first thing that I did was to make lashes and I first heard about it on the Real Housewives of Atlanta so I'm originally from Baltimore (laughs) and I've been here in Atlanta for seven years but um when I first got to Atlanta well I saw the show when I was living in Baltimore but when I first got to Atlanta I was like okay I'm in Atlanta like let me check this out Um, I ended up kind of like researching it and I ended up going to get a class. I got certified in doing the lashes and then it just kind of snowballed from there because like once I started building up my clientele, they would ask me, hey, do you do this? Do you know about that? And I would just I was just add more and more stuff. Um, I think what's unique about my business is that I'm really like one of the few people that are doing all the things that I'm doing. Um, I know lots of people that do just the lashes or just the body contouring or, you know, but I have like a unique (laughs) collection of things that I do. Um, And I think that really kind of sets me apart from, you know, a lot of the other people that are doing it. What exactly is body contouring? This sounds like magic. Tell me more. (laughs) Okay. So it is kind of like magic. So, okay. So I have a couple different techniques that I do. One of the things that I do is body cavitation. And basically what that does is it uses ultrasound waves to kind of like break down the fat. So like if you were to picture it, um, the vibration causes the fat cells to kind of bubble up to a size where they can't contain themselves anymore. And then they burst and liquefy. And the way that we flush them from the system is through the lymphatic system. So like we have to drink lots of water and all that good stuff. But it is it is kind of kind of magical. Sounds awesome. I'm, it is. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm into this. I just had a baby. I'm all for this. <laughs> if you see me just sitting here with like a, an astonished face for most of this conversation, I don't understand what you just said. Something about making my bubbles burst and drip from my, I, you know what? Sorcery. Uh, Shafira also sorcerer. Like out here making new heads out of, I've seen it at the shop sometimes when I go to get my locks where the guys will come in bald and leave with like a kid and play hot top fade. And I, I try not to stare at them like as if they're like some type of animal, 
y'all are doing things that I don't understand it and it scares me a little bit. So how did you get into this whole making people different people thing? Well, for me, I'm retired Navy and I had some time on my hand back in 2015. And I've always been to in, into beauty and wearing wigs and hair extensions. And I couldn't find what it was that I was particularly looking for in the hair stores. So one thing led to the next and I came across some excellent um, vendors for myself. You know, I had no intentions on starting a business at that time. So when I would go out, people would ask, hey, hey, you know, your hair, like where did you get your hair? So I was like, okay, well, I sourced, you know, from my vendors or whatever, I can sell it to you. Fast forward, one thing led to the next. I ended up selling from home. And at the beginning of the pandemic, that gave me more freedom to focus on building a business and my brand. Um, so all last year, you know, I put my time and effort into selling and just building and planning. And I transitioned from selling from home and based onto the Etsy platform. Mm. And Etsy was a great tool for me to bring in more customers and I can um, relate to Janor. I hope I pronounced your name right. Yes, thank you. Yes, that <laughs> kind of led to the next and adding products and, and here I am now, you know, I now have a Shopify store and things are just going great. Mm -hmm. And I, you know. So Anita, and you do, you, oh, oh sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. And I was gonna ask, do you do hair extensions uh, mostly and what else do you do? Cause you had your own product, do you have your own product line too? Yes, I'm launching That's a new said, product yeah. line in the beginning, the beginning of November, set to launch for the Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Christmas holidays, which is going to consist of edge controls, um, all the tools and utensils you need to lay your wig, sew your wig down. Um, I'm also introducing hair conditioner, shampoo, lace tint, lace glue, things like that to help, you know, people who wear hair extensions and weave have a more seamless process and won't have to go back and forth to the store buying this or that i'll just provide awesome. all of that for you i want to come back to the yeah. blue because i've seen some things and i truly don't understand but <laughs> anita you're coming at this kind of moving into the game in a few weeks right so you're at a much different place in your career but you still had to make a decision to enter this world was it you started from a personal place or you said they over there getting checks and i'm going to go get a check <laughs> um a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. Um, definitely personal, like so wholeheartedly personal because for me growing up and figuring out what to do with my hair, how to style it, how to maintain it, take care of it. You know, um, I was in relaxer when I was a kid. Um, I think 13 was when I got my first relaxer. By 19, I cut it all off and then YouTube had its uprising and anybody with a camera and a kitchen showed you what to do with their curls. And then they applied a number and a letter to their curls and said, Oh, well, if you have this number and letter curls, you know, use this product, use this oil, use this food, use this mud, do these techniques, um, methods. All of it is wrong is what I discovered at the beginning of 2020. Um, and it rocked my world. It, it flipped everything upside down for me. And um, this is actually my second career. Um, and I had absolutely no inkling that I'd ever become a hairstylist. My, my mom's the kind of person where I love her to death. I love her to death. But, there, you know, growing up, there were certain people, oh, so-and-so went to a private school and all they did was this. All they did was that. So when I enrolled, I was like, oh, God, I got to tell my mom I'm going to be a hairdresser. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
but yeah, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, so, sort of before the pandemic started, right when lockdown happened, I came across these two licensed cosmetologists on social media, and the title of their book was Wash Your Damn Hair. And I was like, wait, what? I thought... I like Shapir. I hopefully I said your name right. I'm glad you're you're developing a shampoo. That makes me excited to hear because so many of us think we shouldn't be using shampoo at all, mud wash or oil rinse or all of that stuff. <laughs> and so when I learned not only that so much of it was misguided, I learned the reasons why it was misguided. Spoiler alert: racism, and <laughs> what I should actually be doing with my hair. It was such a phenomenal change in giving me my time back. At one point in my life, in my previous career, I would work 60 to 80 hours a week. And then I would turn around on my one day off and spend 12 hours doing my hair. And I'm like, when am I supposed to have a life? Right. Um, now I can do my hair in about an hour and a half and then I don't have to touch it again for five or six days. And that's unheard of in the curly world. Um, and when I, I learned how to take care of my hair, I started seeing those changes. I started feeling the changes because it, it started no longer being a drag to go in the shower. And, you know, wa we all talk it, we all call it wash day. Well, these stylists are like, forget the day, wash hour. We don't need to spend all day doing our hair, you know? Um, so I sneaked into some of the um, education that they have for professional stylists just to see what they were talking about. And this one stylist shows her um, revenue for the month of July 2020. The month wasn't even over yet. So remember, in the middle of this pomegranate, everybody's locked down, <laughs> right? She made 10 grand behind the chair before retail product sales before the education platform she was also making money from just from cutting hair styling curls and i think uh she turned around later and, and said the month ended up closing out at 12 so i was like i need to get some of them coins <laughs> but also i'm extremely passionate about helping black women get their time back so we don't have to spend all the time in a bathroom trying to figure out what to do with our hair having meltdowns on the floor crying feeling like we don't look quote unquote, presentable enough to go out in public, um, I thought it was more important for, take for example, I had a, a virtual curl client um, who I ended up following on social media. And one of the days she did her wash hour, later that day, I saw her with pictures out on a hike. So I had to DM her and I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me, where do you think you're going? It's wash day. Are you going out on a hike on wash day? This is unheard of. How dare you do something else on your wash day? She's like, oh, last week I went flower shopping. I was like, I don't want to hear it. So um, I, that's the part that really gives me a lot of passion, gives me drive, is getting these responses back from curly, curly girls going, it doesn't suck to do my hair anymore. I don't rip my hair out anymore. I'm falling in love with my own hair again. I never thought I could. Things like that. I, uh, I just, <laughs> let me tell you. You just uh, hit number one in Morgan's favorite uh, person list. Amen, yeah. But oh, no. it's, it's Where Morgan, does that put so me? too excited. <laughs> yeah, no, the curl, I mean, I have it, yeah, curly hair. I mean, I think it's just, and I have it, it's hard too for me because I like my hair long and it doesn't, it's a different texture, but it's still, and like right now I actually, wash day was yesterday and I did product free wash like I'm not putting any product in it I'm trying to give a product 
down a little bit. So that's why it looks like this is because I put nothing in it right now. It's just I washed it, put conditioner in it, and I'm letting it have some days of getting some air. It looks great for not putting <laughs> anything in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, know. I was like, this is probably not the right time to do this during this episode, but you know what? <laughs> I'm here. This, this, is, this is day seven, and I would have washed it two days ago, except for this whole situation. So, um, you know, when I'm able to actually get my head wet again, I'll, I'll go do wash day, um, wash hour, and I'll have a lot more definition. It'll look a lot better than it does right now. <laughs> so Janor, you were talking about, um, lashes and that's how you kind of got into the industry. And I have to be mm -hmm. honest with you. I do not understand oh, any of it from like zero to a hundred. I have no idea. And in my head, and, and Shafar, you can speak to this as well. You say glue. I'm thinking like Elmer's and it's going on my face. And I remember when we used to put it on our hands in kindergarten. That's not a good look. So you got to like break it down so that I don't think you're all crazy. Okay, so with the lash extensions, we actually use a specially formulated lash adhesive. So it's designed specifically for lash extensions. And what kind of makes lash extensions different from some other forms of like, you know, lash stuff like you could throw on a strip or even there's clusters and things that you can kind of get from the beauty store. Uh, what makes extensions different is that we're taking one false lash to one of their natural lashes and we're just making it look longer and fuller. Um, so it takes a lot more time. That's why it can be a little pricey <laughs> when you're getting it done. Um, but it's worth it because it looks so natural. And it just really, like for me, I can't go without lashes. I started wearing lashes years ago. And when I don't have on lashes, it's so funny. My kids are like, Mom, you, there's something different about your face. Like they just can't put their pick their finger on it. But it like, it really does change your face when you have on lashes so um it's addictive so it's a it's a good business to be in because your customers are definitely gonna come back <laughs> the other thing i love about lashes too because i did lash lashes before the pandemic and then when i stopped going into the office all as we can see i don't even wear makeup anymore half the time but um is the fact that then if you're running out the door all you have to do is fill in your brows put in some blush maybe a little, and you can leave it's not sitting there and mascaring and like putting on you know like you can have like a natural look and it looks so much better than a natural look it's so convenient mm -hmm. i love it it's like if you just throw us and you're good right <laughs> right so you can't yeah kai you you need to get some lashes see i hear that you've all said words for a solid two to three minutes there <laughs> and all i heard was you're putting glue on your face so i'm gonna switch to shafira for like Am I putting glue on my hair too? Because I'll, I'll be honest, when the pandemic started, we all discovered YouTube on a much higher level than we ever had before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I discovered was like the, the YouTube barbers. And then I found the subset of this man started off bald. Let us give him like nine inch locks. And the first thing they always did was take like a paintbrush and glue his head down. And all I could think mm -hmm. was, did they just put rubber cement on that man's head? So you're going to have to explain to me what y'all... Do you have a, a whole jar of rubber cement that you're just out here grabbing wigs and... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no! I mean... 
people like like a lot of a lot of people and women think wigs okay are just maybe like this wig that I have on now. I can take this wig and I can manipulate it and form it into locks. So you're telling me I or wasted I ten take years the of my hair. life. That is a <laughs> Yes, you did. I'll say it. <laughs> like me, myself, I wear locks, but they're false um, extensions. I use my bundles that I sell, and I wear I wear long locks. I actually love wearing them. You know, there are more ways to wear wigs or extensions than just the long, flowy look. So, you know, and for guys, you know, you can do that as well. Even if you have just a little bit of hair, you can just take um, a wax or either a glue and just, you know, secure the hair onto, onto whatever that's there. Or you can take a lace like the frontals we wear, and you can glue the uh, lace down to a man's head as well as a woman's head. And they may be bald. They may not have any hair. And you take the hair that's attached onto the lace and you just create the lock or whatever style it is that you, you know, you want to wear. So. How long does it take usually if you to do a good, like, to place that, like a good wig or a good weave? Okay, so it depends on the technique. Mm -hmm. Um. You have weaveologists that have their own techniques, cosmetologists have their own techniques, or freelance stylists like myself, you know, we have our own different techniques. For me, wearing, uh, to construct a wig, if I'm in a rush, it'll take me an hour and a half, two hours. But if I'm selling my wig, of course, I want to put more right. time and effort into that. So I would give it anywhere from four to five hours, depending on the type of hair, how many bundles, and whatever style that the client is. But for the locks, if I'm doing my own free-flowing locks, I like the natural look. It'll take me two hours if I just use the in my neck. If I'm constructing a wig with locks, it'll take anywhere from like four to six hours, depending on the fullness. So it all depends on what your customer wants. So you all are in the beauty industry in one way or another. And so I'm sure you've had interactions with clients and as they're moving into whatever realm of their careers or jobs, um, there's always some, I'm making a lot of assumptions here, so you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know as a He's wrong man, a lot. He's I'm wrong not a wrong lot. a lot. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get into that <laughs> argument later on, but um, uh, as a black man, when we walk into spaces, there are times where you have to make a decision about whether or not the hair that I'm wearing or the beard style that I chose is going to affect my ability to move through this space in mm -hmm. a way that, um, quite frankly, keeps me safe and or employed. Mm -hmm. From your point of view, um, and even, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm horrible with names. Say it again, please. Janor. So I was close. Nor. I was close. Janor, um, you got it. This is why I never say people's names. But like, uh, even just being able to like lighten the dark spots on my face and keep a beard and not have the breakouts on my face was really important. And though it changed my entire life and horrified me that I had to buy an entirely different set of products just for my face, it was very useful in the long run. People come to you and they ultimately are trying to um, make themselves look as good as possible. Mm -hmm. What level of advice do you give them? Like if if I walked in and said, yo, do my beard yellow or shave half <laughs> half my locks off and just give me like a, a fade cut on, would you stop me from doing that? Or you're just, the customer's always right. Or do you say to them like, you're going on a job interview, 
Are you sure you want me yeah. to like blow out your entire curl and just have you with, mm-hmm. as Mo- Morgan said, a giant fro that <laughs> looks quite frankly ridiculous. Like what's your input on what your customers are, are asking for? Um, You know what I always, of course we always have to incorporate what the customer wants, but then we also have that level of like professional opinion that we have. Um, I don't believe in just, you know, ultimately when they come in and once they leave, they're leaving with my work. That's a walking billboard for me. So I'm not going to do anything that looks crazy. Um, this really kind of relates mostly to like my brow services that I do because I've had people that may come in with like pink hair or, you know, different color hair and they want their brows and keep in mind, this stuff lasts for like a year and a half, right? So I'm like, you know. <laughs> You're feeling this pink color now, but let's maybe, you know, go with more of a natural color. That way you can switch it up, right? If you want to kind of fill in with color, um, you know, when you're going out or whatever. But just for your everyday look, I definitely would always recommend something more natural. So I would always input my professional opinion. I wouldn't just do whatever they say, because ultimately that's my work. And that's kind of, you know, people are going to judge me and my skills on that. I want to go back to the fact that people actually ask you to microblade their their eyebrows different colors that are not natural. They do. Oh dear. They mm. like it's crazy. You would believe. <laughs> I. They do. There are some people that, out there like me who said microblading, and I imagine like a razor just just coming <laughs> down. So, okay, Anita looked at me like so, I was stupid. So I somebody no, should explain I, microblading. <laughs> It is, it is a blade that I use. So it's a very tiny blade. So it is, that was a, a kind of a good guess, but it's not like a razor blade because it's way smaller. Um, and what I do is I actually in, I implant pigment into the skin that looks like either hair strokes or it could look just kind of like it's shaded in with the pencil. So microblading is more so like the hair strokes where it looks like the hair is just thicker. And then micro shading, which is what I have on my brows, it just kind of looks like they're filled in. Like you took a makeup pencil and filled them in, but it's like you wake up and it's like that. So you don't have to fool with it. And it lasts about a year, right? You said what? Does it last how long? About a year, right? Oh, it lasts 18 months or more. Mm, yes. Yeah. So need this. Right. Yeah. So my clients that have oily skin, it typically fades a little quicker because the oil is kind of pushing that pigment out. But my clients with drier skin to normal skin, it can last like... 18 months up to like three years. Interesting. Yeah, so it's worth it. <laughs> I was going to say it's worth it. So worth it. <laughs> and then for you, Anita, you know, Kai kind of mentioned this, and this is something that I've always struggled with too, is natural hair going to work. Like there are people out there who, mm-hmm. I, who I have been told multiple times, like Morgan, wear your hair up when you go to job interviews. Your curls might be too much for people. Um, have you heard that from some of your like people around? Because I know you're still you're getting in, and your big thing is natural curly hair. Yeah, no, it's definitely a big part of it. Um, I would say, kind of to Kai's question of like the customer is always right and and that sort of thing. A lot, a big part of our job ends up being kind of curl therapy in a sense because we are dealing with 
okay, you might be walking into corporate or white spaces where you might not be considered professional. Then you have the other aspect of there's some family members that'll think you're not done. You're not put together. And again, it goes back to racism and white supremacy. There's a huge part of that in terms of um, especially the kinkier your hair and the less curly mm-hmm. your hair is, the worse that part gets. And so there's an aspect of getting people comfortable with their own curls and then confident enough to wear their curls in front of um, their family members in front of, you know, in, at work and things like that. And more specifically, the work that I do is to get people to be okay with wearing their curls loose at all times in a, in a wash and go style at all times. Um, I haven't done a twist out, a flat twist, a braid out. I've not manipulated my hair in any kind of way in over a year. And I hope to never <laughs> have to do that again. I wear my curls loose at all times. Um, just cause it's easier just cause, um, it's less work. It's less time. Um, and the, the more we do it, the more we're able to take care of our hair in a loose way without all of the manipulation, the healthier our hair actually gets, despite the fact that we've been told there are certain styles that are known as quote unquote protective. They're actually not protective at all. Go figure. They do the opposite of that. They help to dehydrate our hair. They help to get our hair in a state where our curls won't be um, defined uh, you know, the frizz that we're trying to avoid, we're avoiding it by twisting our hair up and tucking it and hiding away, whereas we can actually um, reduce it by hydrating our hair every week. And, and when I mean hydrating, I don't mean a product. There's, there's no product on the shelf that will moisturize your hair. Um, a lot of these terms are things that with our, our clients, we have to reestablish the definitions, redefine what it means to have moisturized hair. Um, there's not a product that can moisturize your hair. Water does that. If you want to make sure your hair is, is healthy and is maintaining its structural integrity, you should be using shampoo a minimum of once a, a week, a minimum of once every seven to 10 days, things like that. So um, it gets complicated. It, it gets really involved. Our appointments are really in depth, particularly when the client is new. Um, we have something we call a curl detox where we have to get them to stop using oils, shea butter. Um, like I mentioned again from before the YouTube stuff, like no food, no honey, no yogurt, no eggs, no mayonnaise, avocado, eat that stuff. It's better for your hair if you eat it as opposed to put it on your hair. And so it's a lot, it's heavy. Um, but when people finally come around to the idea like, oh, hey, a lot of these things we thought was helping our hair is actually doing the opposite and and definitely the opposite for your scalp as well. Like oils and food, we don't want that stuff on our scalp. Um, if you, if you want to avoid scalp conditions, if you want to avoid alopecia as you age, don't put those things on your scalp. Um, it just, it takes a lot of trust from our clients to go, are you sure? My mama used blue magic my whole life. And we're like, yeah, we're sure. Blue magic is Vaseline with food coloring in it, blue food coloring in it. Please don't use that on your scalp. You know, when we were subjugated to a lower quality of life, and when I say we, I mean black people, we did the best we could with what we had. It's 2021. There are definitely better technology out there in terms of hair care for us. We just have to be ready to evolve and shift into learning what that what that actually means. <laughs>
I just want to say that I've been a victim of mayonnaise. <laughs> I've been a victim of bananas. I've wasted so many good bananas that could have been in my pina colada instead of my hair. <laughs> I've been a victim definitely of mayonnaise. And then you smell bad the whole time. So I'm just like, whatever. Oh, rice. We talk about smell bad. Rice water. Please put the rice water down, people. Please don't. Not. <laughs> That's not it. That's not. I, I mean, we're just gonna admit it. it. Raise your hand, victim of rice water. Raise your hand, victim of mayonnaise. Thankfully, Honey. I didn't try rice water, but who like? It, oh, it's for. I had somebody say, "Oh, what if you don't ferment it?" I was like, "Just eat the rice. Just eat it." It, it'll do better for your body if you eat it. The bloodstream provides nutrition yeah. to your hair follicle. It helps your hair strand grow. The molecules in food can't be processed by hair. There's no, there's no gastrointestinal system in your hair. So, you know, things like this. And people look at us with their jaw open. Wait, what do you mean? Uh. <laughs> Janora, if you had, if you could tell little girls everywhere, like, what to do, like, like, hair, makeup, I like just give them advice of when you were little. Cause when I was little, I was like, I no. had hair problems. Uh, I'm so glad there's lash extensions now. Thank goodness. Uh, right. Like, but at the same time, we want our little girls to, to grow up and also be get good in their own skin. Right. Like we want them to feel beautiful no matter what and, and to wake up. So do you, do you have, you have kids, right? You said you mentioned you have kids. Do you have a little girl? I do have two little girls. Uh, what is your advice to them? Because I just, I'm a new mom now, so I'm still, I'm still soaking up all the new advice I can give to, like, raise a powerful young yes. girl. So with my girls, I, honestly, I just feel like, you know, doing what makes you happy, and that's different. That's subjective to whoever it may be, whether that is your natural hair, if you want to put on a wig, if you want to, you know, whatever it may be. I think that people, you know, and it doesn't mean that you're not comfortable in your own skin, but you should definitely do whatever makes you happy and whatever makes you feel confident. I don't think there's anything wrong with having lash extensions or, you know, if you've got a little mommy pooch and you want to come and, and get some cavitation to get that down, <laughs> right? There's nothing wrong with that because at the end of the day, you're going to feel good about yourself. And that's ultimately what the goal is. So. Ty, do you feel good about yourself? I always feel good about myself. <laughs> okay. That's Never question that. <laughs> I do want to switch uh, topics just for a second because it hit me a few years back. I've been going to the same person to do my hair for 10, 12 years. And it I hit me one day as I was paying that this is a business person. This is an entrepreneur. And all of you are entrepreneurs in mm -hmm. addition to having all the education and you getting to poke people in the face, which we're going to come back to, because that's, you know, you're not going to be jabbing in my face. But Shafar, you actually said that you just started this business. That's not an easy thing to do. Having run a business in the past, you know, mm -hmm. the getting people to pay you what you're worth, mm -hmm. getting people to acknowledge that this is, in fact, a service that I have provided. Tell me a little bit, like, was it hard for you to make that step from just doing it for, for yourself into you're providing a service and now you're answering to someone who's giving you money. Well, it was hard. The only hard part about it is, is when you, for me was seeking support 
from others when they uh, mm -hmm. are doubting you. That's a big one. Well, don't do yeah. That. That's we all know. experience that though. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the hard part is accepting it, which it wasn't going to stop me from, from, you know, building my business, but just accepting it when you expect for those people to support you and help mm. you and you know you, you're in it by yourself. But um, I just use, like, my prior work experience and things, and I poured that into mm. my, my business, and I took risks. You know, most... At, at the time when I started on Etsy... I believe that most business owners who sell hair or beauty products would have been like, why Etsy? Etsy is for handmade items and crafts. Well, I saw an opportunity there. So I went there and I said, okay, I know um, I have a lot of responsibilities on my plate already and I want to grow this business. I feel like Etsy would be a good jumpstart for me because the customers was, was already there. So that's the advice that I would give someone, not just in the hair business, but any business. That if you if you have a high demand life and you have kids um, and responsibilities, try a platform similar to Etsy because a lot of the things that you would have to go and source are already there for you. And it'll just um, create more time, space, and opportunity for you to focus on the other things while you figure out how you want to um, construct your business, what you want to provide, how do you want to provide it? And it also opened up a door for those customers to come in and say, Hey, I see you have this, but do you have that? That also helped me grow. So I just used every opportunity that came towards me, whether it was positive, negative, or in between to build my business. And what I said was hard. Yes. Yeah, some days I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I could go another day, but I find my faith and look at for how I've, I've come and how I've grown to just keep on going. So my motto is keep moving. That's awesome. I love it. And I think you made a really good point about Etsy. A lot of people think that they need to build out uh, their own platform, but you, you realize there's a space that was already built that there was a large gap that needed to be filled, right? And that's playing smart, right? It, it, it is, and I love it. I think that's awesome. Thank you. I was serious. I was passionate, and I know that I wanted to do it. But I also had other irons in the, in in the oven, other things going on in life. So I had to strategize and say, okay, well, how am I going to get my business off of off the ground? At that time, it was temporarily until I can get back to yeah. it and focus on it. It so happened. Here comes COVID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it gave me the time to focus and build even more. Anita, you're staring at this in the face pretty soon here. And was, I guess I, in my head, I'm thinking that you're, you said you're in cosmetology school now. Is there a business aspect that they teach you as well in, in school? Or is that something that you're going to have to go out and build this entire business yourself without any type of like framework to, to, to guide you? I am lucky enough that the continuing education program I'm in um, that is specifically for learning how to take care of cut, manage, uh, tight curls also includes a business framework. Like literally awesome. the course is called business framework. So it's, it's awesome that you use that language. Um, they do teach us some stuff in cosmetology school. Mostly cosmetology school is, um, getting you prepared to be, become an employee. And that was never, never part of the aim. 
that was never it going in. So when we had our business courses in school, I just did something else. I actually probably worked on building my business, <laughs> um, especially because of the pandemic. School was hybrid for us. So a lot of those times we were actually at home on the computer, just like this. Um, and I was able to work on building my website. I was able to develop a, a webinar course, which I actually have coming up um, this month. And I'm able to start doing my own things before I'm, I'm even graduated, before I'm even out. Um, it does help that, like I mentioned, this is my second career and my second foray into attempting to build my own business. So um, a lot of the scary stuff of like, oh, are they going to like me? Am I doing this right? I already made those mistakes once. I'm not as scared this time, you know. Um, I was trying to do like a portrait photography business before. And so now I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's, it's a it's salon, it's hair, but also I'm able to see others who have already done it and literally just copy from them and put my own name on it. So I'm, I'm very grateful that I have those, those tools at my disposal. It makes it a lot easier. Advertising and getting your name out there has got to be probably number one on the list of things once you hit the ground mm -hmm. running. And I, I would imagine that you can't just write, you know, come let me poke on your face and it'll last a year. Um, I didn't mm -hmm. forget. I told you we were coming back to it. <laughs> so how, how, do, how did you, like you've built a business yeah. now. You've built this entire thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, people are coming in and willingly let you just jab at them. <laughs> How did that happen? What, what? How did you get your name? You out know there? what? Honestly, the very first, I guess you can say, avenue that I used was Instagram. And even to this day, like when people come in, because I'm always asking, like, "Hey, how'd you find me?" Because I want to know what's working, what's not working, stuff I'm putting my money into that I shouldn't be, or what do I need to put more money into as far as advertising. And people always say, um, Instagram. So the way that I kind of monopoli monopolized on Instagram was I used hashtags. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with hashtags, but it's pretty much a way for people to find you that aren't already following you. Um, Instagram will allow you to use up to 30 per post. And I'm usually putting 30 on each one. Um, you know, you want to use some that are highly popular, some that are very significant to your brand and some that are, you know, maybe kind of in the area, you know, relating to like the area you're in and specifically what you're doing. But, um, it draws that traffic to you. And that's how, like, I can, if I could give you a percentage, I would say maybe about at least 65 to 70% of the people that find me, they find me on Instagram. Wow. So that's a huge, like, difference between these actually still having this business six years later and sitting here with you guys doing, you know, doing this or like being at a desk job somewhere. So, um, and now with Instagram, I, I'm still very, um, you know, I'm still on there every single day. I'm posting. Um, I actually have someone that kind of handles the posts and stuff for me. I do promotions, paid promotions on Instagram and stuff. So, um, Instagram has been like a big, big factor in getting my name out there. And then once you start getting people in, you start to build a reputation for yourself. So then you have word of mouth and, you know, that type of thing. But that's really how I initially got seen. Is there a minority community of people in the beauty industry? Is there some way that you can get together and share tips? And I saw this and frustrations and here's how you build your business. 
Because you're all in different areas of the country, but you kind of have to be seeing some of the same things, Mm -hmm. even though you're all coming at it from a different, you know, point of view, product, you're you're still in the same industry. Mm -hmm. I would say there's a bunch of different little micro communities, depending on what it is you're, you're doing. So for myself, my continuing education program is its own micro community. Then from that, I have another um, group DM with seven other stylists across the country who um, are all in that program, but that's our own, you know, way to communicate. Uh, Jonoir mentioned Instagram, which is a big one for hairstylists because, you know, you have to be able to see what it is we're producing. But another one that's actually big for us is Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing like putting out a tweet like, hey, coconut oil is not what you think it is for your <laughs> hair to just get a bunch of people started. Right. Wait, what do you mean? That's all I use. Da, 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 da. And, and they're on you. They're on you. What do you mean rice water, isn't it? Huh? You know, and so um, social media strikes again, I yeah. would say, for, for connecting with people. <laughs> And I mean, yeah, you should definitely do one for mayonnaise. Let people know that doesn't work. Um, and also for, so do, uh, speaking of, because we're going to wrap up this show soon, but Instagram, let's share each other's handles to make sure. So where can people follow you on Instagram and Twitter? Um, Anita, do you have both? Yes, I do. Um, I'm Monarch, like the butterfly, Monarch Curl PDX on Instagram. I'm Monarch Curl without the PDX everywhere else. Um, my Instagram account was the first one I created. And at the time, I thought I was going to be staying in Portland, Oregon. Um, <laughs> now I'm not so sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Monarch Curl, if you type that, monarchcurl.com, that's my website. And then, um, like I mentioned, I actually have a webinar coming up next weekend where I talk about how to achieve a wash and go, all of the steps. Um, how to remove oils and butters from your hair and why, and all of that detail if anybody is ready to get a deep dive into learning how to take care of their own curls. Love it. How about, uh, Janora, you have one, of course. What is your handle? <laughs> so my Instagram is Minx, M-I-N-K-S underscore beauty underscore institute. Um, I also have a Twitter. I just I just made my Twitter, guys, so don't judge. I probably have like 10 followers. I literally just made <laughs> but my publicist was like, you need a Twitter. So um, I would love for you guys to follow me because I don't have any. <laughs> but my Twitter is Minx Mogul. So M-I-N-K-S-M-O-G-U-L. And then I also have a Facebook. Um, my Facebook is Minx Beauty Institute. So you can find me on all of those uh, platforms. And I will be on tour next year, guys. Um, so make sure that you do follow me because I'll be on tour, um, touring the country, bringing my classes and services to all of the beautiful women of the USA. So make sure that you guys follow. And then also I have a website, which is uh, makesbeautyinstitute.com. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and I, I'm going to follow you because I need to get yes. my brows done. And... <laughs> Uh, it's been a big thing for me. Um, yeah, okay, Ms. Carter, like how about... in the face. No, I'm not. It's not just jab, but see, it needs to fill in right there. I can see it. Uh-huh. There's so okay. much you need. There's just so much you need. Oh, rude, rude. Um, <laughs> how about you? The Instagram. Do you have Instagram? And Etsy, your Etsy account as well. Yeah. I was once uh, social media shy because I mostly marketed face to face and on Etsy, but I'm now on Instagram at the real glam rebel Ooh. On, as 
Glam Rebel LLC. And you can find my SC shop, The Glam Rebel, and you can go on glamrebel.com. Awesome. Well, we are wrapping up. And I first want to thank you all for coming on. I think that this is a really good conversation. And I love that we had both sides of, of it. You know, we have everything from natural curls to extension and wigs and lashes. And of course, that that sculpting that I am all about with that um, and I'm going to sign up tomorrow for. And so thank you all for being here. Um, we are going to make sure that we get this on out next week. And, and for our listeners out there, we will take questions from you guys' comments. We also have Instagram at Brownstone Media, and we will make sure to, um, to promote these lovely ladies and their work throughout so you guys can really see what's going on and make sure that you also have what you need to keep your hair healthy and style it the way you want because, as Janora said, this is about you and what you want to look like and what makes you feel comfortable and what makes you feel beautiful. So. Thank you to our listeners and thank you to you ladies for coming on to this great podcast. I would love to have you guys thank on again. You. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you thank for putting me up with my ignorance. I have no idea what we talked about for the last 45 minutes, but you all smiled. So I. And, and, and Kai's going to get his eyebrows done. That's the next one. I was going to say, we'll get those locks all set up. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to happen. Um, no, I'm good. I'm always good. We appreciate you guys. We and as always, everything. if there are any complaints, you can find her at Morgan L. Martinez. And um, for those of you who are from West Virginia, we still don't like y'all. It's a long story. Wild, We've wild, been wonderful West Virginia, Virginia for a solid five podcasts now. Yes. Yeah. Keeping it stop. strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> thank really you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.